This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When it comes down to it, what are we at our core? We are North American waterfowl. Hello and welcome to another episode of the North American Waterfowler Podcast. My name is Elliot and I am a North American Waterfowler. And if you are listening to this podcast right now, chances are that you are a North American Waterfowler as well. And you need to hold pride in that because it is a very, very special identity. It's one of a kind around the world as far as, far as hunters go. You've got big game hunters upland hunters, turkey hunters. To be a North American waterfowler is a very unique and special identity, especially those of us that hold it so clear, so dear to our heart that it's part of who we are. It's an integral part of our life. So if you are like I am obsessed with this sport, then you too are a North American waterfowler podcast. It is every other Thursday. So you know what's coming on this episode. Woody's top five. And man, I love Woody. I love those segments. If you want to watch Woody and I record these segments, you can go to patreon.com slash freelance duck hunting. And you can watch the video version of Woody and I recording these. So go on over there and get signed up and you'll be invited to those live recordings where you can comment and listen and all that stuff. I haven't done one for it's coming up soon. So today we've got Woody's. We've got a special comment of the week, and I want to go through the teal season teal season recap. I just finished Hunt 7, which was the fourth weekend in a row that we've been after teal, and kind of go through a recap of the season, give you my final journal entries, my final stats, and also I'm going to bring something kind of special to you. If you like YouTube content, 
then you probably watched Outdoor Limits. You probably watched Duck Hunt Chronicles, High Prairie Sportsman, Hoke Outdoors, Mid-Valley Mercenaries. You probably watch at least some of those shows. And I have access through my app that I put together, the North American Waterfowler app on iOS and Android. I have access to those guys' data. The only reason I have access to their data is we formed a crew and allowed each other access to the data. Now, I cannot see their hunt locations. They cannot see my hunt location. So on the app, when you go, there's no like satellite pin imagery. Because honestly, if I, I've played around with other waterfowl apps before. I do not like marking on a satellite image of where I'm hunting. Because ultimately, I don't know who has access to that or how it's being used. And I don't want to give it. So I purposefully left that out of this app that I had created. Instead, you create your own names and you put them in there and no one else ever has access to them. I am the creator of this app. I don't have access to them. I would have no, I cannot get into other people's accounts and look at the names that they've chose for their hunt locations. And I think that's an important part of it. So I have a crew formed. I have a Flyways Collective crew, which is all those YouTube guys that I mentioned. And I can see their data, except I cannot see their hunt locations. But I do have access to their numbers. So I thought that I would go through and tell you, Matt at Hyper Sportsman, Jordan, Josh Outdoor Limits. Now, Tom at Titus, the season hasn't started. Thomas is up in Alaska, and he hasn't reported any, and I'll go through mine as well. So I thought that would be interesting to kind of compare and show you how those guys has ended up. If you want to become a member of the North American Waterfowler app, it's on iOS, it's on Android, you can search North American Waterfowler in the App Store, or you can go to thenorthamericanwaterfowler.com. You can sign up there, and we redid everything. We redid all of how it looks. You can now upload pictures. You can now do dog retrieves. Where I've got, I put Georgie in there. I, I it's like a location where I named Georgie, but then I'd add a picture to her. So after every hunt, Georgie's picture comes up, shows how many retrieves she's done. I can sort it by year. This year, Georgie's got like forty-five retrieves, but next year I'll be able to see how many retrieves has Georgie had ever. Really cool for tracking those types of data and information. <coughs> you can track weather and see, you know, I, I love this. I've got this one hole. It's right now. My, my favorite hunting spot varies over the years. I can go back and say, you know, what I call is my favorite switches. My current favorite, I've only hunted five times. I just found it the last couple of years. And I don't think anyone else hunted it. Didn't look like. And so I had one hunt in there that was unbelievable. One of the funnest hunts of my life. The other hunts I had in there were really good. Out of my five hunts, I'm averaging like four and a half ducks per hunt in there, which the app will show you that information. But I went and I just pulled out those five hunts. I sorted those five hunts out. And I started playing with it to try to figure out that day that it was so good. It wasn't like a front had come in. What what produced that one day out of those five to be such an unbelievable? We probably could have shot 10 limits out of there that day. We shot three. We left. We probably, I mean, I don't know how many we could have shot. Well, it turns out it was a cloudy, windy, southwest wind day. And I don't think that the cloudy had anything to do with it, but I'm wondering if the southwest wind had something to do with it. This is a skinny patch of water, and I'm thinking maybe on a southwest wind, 
these this place is better. Now, I don't know yet. You give me a few more years where I get 10, 15, 20 hunts in this place, I can still be able to start breaking it down. And I'll be able to start seeing, hey, this place, this place is good win. And that's all because of the app that I've created for you guys to use. So check it out on the app store. Just go to the website. It's the same product. It's just in different locations. So if you chart something on the website, it it does it on the app. And actually, if you like Mid-Valley Mercenary and Titus, he was kind enough. He let me use a lot of his pictures for these pages that you can see when you're on the website version. It's a lot of Titus and his crew. His brother, his brother uh, Thomas, who's a striking looking man, is prominent in, in some of these pictures. So go and check that out. That's what we are going to run down today. And I do have a very special song that I love that I'm going to show you. Again, I said last time, I don't know if you guys like the little music segments or don't like them, but I love them. So I'm going to keep them up. So, and we've got comment of the week, which I've got a bone to pick with the Mississippi flyway. And you guys need to help me find a way to get a movement going to make this change. And I have no idea how that is going to take place, but it needs to, I've got a bone to pick with the Mississippi flyway. Let's go ahead and start with my quick hunt update before I start going into some numbers. Yesterday was hunt number seven of the teal season for me. And it was just Fumbles and I, my dad, I call him Fumbles, Fumble Mints, Carl, the Fumbler. And it was just he and I, and it was the first just me and dad hunt. We went on one, I don't even know if we went on one last year. It's been a while. And anytime it's just me and dad hunt, it's really special because that's the way it always was, always has been, just me and my dad. From like 91, now there was plenty of times where he had hunting partner, right? But for the most part, it was, you know, he and I just did a lot of just two of us hunting. And so that was really cool. Um, I didn't really know where to go. I didn't have time to do scouting. So I had to go back to my preseason scouting information for this hunt because I didn't want to travel. Um, we are lacking water up here and it's making, in, in this area, teal hunting is really difficult worse than normal because our water, all my normal spots I like need more water than this. But I had been going through all my hunt scout um, information and I've talked about my scouting before and I do all this off-season scouting to put myself to this point where if I've got to go in and hunt blind, I up my percentage of success based on what I know from off-season. And so this place is about a 200-yard walk-in in the dark. I knew the water was low, but there was enough water in there. Both times I had scouted that, I had seen a handful of teal. I hadn't seen a bunch of teal, but I had seen a handful of teal before. So I thought, well, I bet you we can go into the spot and have some success. It was one of those hunts where I'm hoping for two or three really quality passes that define the day. And if you shoot well, you end with three or four birds and it's just a nice nice day but you're not expecting it to be a burner and some of those days can actually end up being more fun than than the hunts where there's just teal everywhere you know you get that man it's slow and boom there they are that's a fun feeling it's a fun feeling right there so that's what i was hoping for so my dad and i got in there we got set up right before shooting time we had one little teal come and land the decoys and we could have killed it it was bright enough we could have killed it but we just choose to I might kill a teal 30 seconds before like 
if sunrise is 640 and it's showing 639, I know it's like 639 and a half and you're talking like 20 or 30 seconds, I might pull the trigger. But chances are I'm probably going to wait until it clicks. I just, I want to be legal. And if they set the 640, I really want to wait till 640. Five minutes in, there was a duck in her decoys. I'm like, that's a pretty good sign. You know, we, it was gone before shooting time. That's a pretty good sign. So about 20 minutes later, I don't know if it was that same teal or a different one. It flew in, hit the water. And weird thing is right when it hit the water, it dove under the water and popped back up. Like kind of like a grebe would do. And so you can hear me on the video. I'm like, what's that? Cause the minute it dove like that, my mind's like, that's not a teal. But it's like, I don't know. And it, and it flushed. Cause my, my dad was going to, going to take it. It flushed. I'm putting the bead on it. I'm looking. I'm like, man, that is absolutely a teal. It was obviously a teal. So boom, I killed it. Georgie got it, brought it back. And from that point on, it was a waiting game. And it was slow. But we had so many amazing visuals. These pelicans started pouring into this hole at about an hour after shooting time. And we had these strings of pelicans that were coming in circling the hole and like locked up wings bowed up just copying down into the hole and i got so much cool video of it which the video is uh not out yet when you're listening to this it'll be out on monday so many cool visuals and on top of that there was a huge thunderhead out in front of us to the left there was a huge thunderhead behind us and the sun was hitting these thunderheads and making them orange and so I've got some video, these pel, these white, and I'm liking, I'm loving pelicans more and more and more with time. They are a really odd looking, but really cool bird. And so they would come, they'd swing around. You'd get him silhouetting right in front of these pink thunderhead clouds and just dropping down. And it was really cool. And this was the first teal hunt that there was a nice breeze on. And it was just a fantastically beautiful day. I just kept telling my dad, I was like, it is really hard to be disappointed about this hunt. I'm out with my 79-year-old dad who's been my lifetime hunting partner. We're immersed in it like I talked last episode. I mean, we didn't see another person from the time that we left to the time we got back. We didn't see or hear another human being, which is how I love it. We were seeing pelicans. These ibis came in all cool and were goofing around in the water right in front of us. The I was telling my wife, like, I put a post on Instagram where I'm looking at the 10-day weather forecast and every day is above 80 degrees. And I'm like, I hate the weather, man. I had someone text me. It's like, man, those look like nice days. But here's the difference. When you get above 80 degrees, you lose that little hint of chill in the air. For me to be content outside, I need there to be a hint of a chill in the air. <coughs> Excuse me. And if there's not a hint of chill in the air, that's when you can start sweating. That's when the bugs are out more. So, And that happens to me at about 82 degrees. 80 to 82, depending on whether there's a wind or not, that little chill, that nice little fall chill in the air is gone. I consider that summer weather. Anything where you can't feel that little chill is summer weather to me. And when you have that little chill, the air smells better, feels better in your lungs. There's less bugs. The sweating goes down. 
So that's what we had this morning. There was that chill in the air. There was that breeze. Man, it was a beautiful day. The sun was out, but yet you had these big thunderheads with white puffy clouds and pink and pelicans diving through them. It was spectacular. It was a great day. I just kept saying, man, this day needs a little pass about three or four birds because we have got the one in my hand, which is great. But if we could just get a pat one little pass of three or four to do it perfect, where we, you know, maybe clean up on two or three of them, boom, that day is cemented as what a fun day. But I knew with even without that happening, this was going to be a memorable, fun timeout. And all of a sudden, three ducks come around the corner, land right in the decoys, wood ducks. My dad actually drew down on them. <laughs> Wood duck, beautiful wood duck drake. Not teal, but still cool. Still adds to the whole atmosphere because you could hear them making that little wood duck call as they were approaching before you could even see them. I heard the wood duck, heard the wood duck. Boom, there they are. It was really cool. And then it was about 7.45. We were going to go until we decided we are going to go to like 8.15 because it was just like we the, the one teal was it. That's all we had seen was one teal. And then three teal right out the back of our head. They get out in front of us. They bank around. I hit them with the call and they just land 70 yards out. Just land up on the bank, not like in the, on the bank, but like the water by the bank. Like I could not believe it. I bet you like 19 out of 20 times that little, that little pack of three, we, especially when you hear that call is going to bank right into the decoys and they just didn't dang it. So they start filter feeding up and down the bank. And I got a really cool video of that. I'm like, let's just wait. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll swim in. Maybe they'll get up and bounce to us. I bet you 10 minutes went on with them just filter feeding up and down and watching them and how they filter feed. It was an experience in itself. And I've seen it before, but it's really neat just to see them do their thing. Like they're in there filtering out insects, I'm assuming. <clears throat> so they went up the bank and there was a little slit and they took a left and they swam up that slit. And I thought, you know what? I can go right around the bank. It's pretty tall vegetation there. I guarantee you that I can, I can expose myself to them within be within 10 yards of them. And boom, I got them. I'm not big into jump shooting, but I thought, you know what? That'd be kind of fun. I hand my dad the camera. I'm like, Hey, film this. I'm going to go do it. So Georgie and I went over there and Georgie's really good at stalking, by the way, she does whine a little bit, but if you, if you have a dog that will stalk with you, it's really cool. And what I noticed that uh, Georgie and I have stalked snow geese a couple times. I'm talking stalking to where I'm crawling. And so what, what times I'll have Georgie do is I'll have her sit. I'll crawl up 20 yards. I'll call it. She boom. She rushes right to me and she sits and we do this progression. And because sometimes if I'm crawling and she's healing, she's just like too tight into me. And it's like, just kind of bothersome. So I'll have her sit as I'm crawling. I'll go up 20 yards. I'll look back at her. She's looking at me. I'll tap the back of my right hind quarters and boom, she runs right up to me and, and she's right there. And that's kind of how we do our, our crawl. And this time <laughs> man labs are awesome if you don't have a hunting dog guys get a quality one train it right seriously so she started doing that on her own where is the place i started crawling up and she just sat there and waited for me i didn't even give her a command to stay i didn't even realize i look back and she's just sitting there it's like she's got the game down she's like this is how we do it i'm gonna sit here you crawl up when you give me the motion i'll come up to you i'm like man Flatlander kennel dogs, guys. Oh, my gosh. 
By the way, I do have a secondary podcast, The Flatlander Kennels Podcast with Chris Jobman. Check it out. It's worth your listen if you're a dog guy. If you want to be a dog guy or you're training a dog, we are going through his flow chart from puppy on. It's some of the best audio train information there is out there. Probably the best. It's my guess because Chris Jobman is incredible. Incredible trainer. But as we got kind of halfway over there, those dumb little three teal had came out of that slough and now they're back over in the main area where my dad could see them and I could have seen them where we were. Like if I had just waited, they pop back out. And now they're working the other bank of this little hole filter feeding. But the coolest thing happened. There was these, there was three ibis over there. And these three teal joined in with these three ibis. And they were feeding together, moving around this pool. And all I can guess is the ibis have that long bill. And they must, I think they probably stick those that long bill into the mud. And maybe they like kick out insects. I don't know. But it looked like they were working together. These three teal and these three ibis were working this bank line and what appeared to me to be working in tandem. And if I had just stayed over where I was, I would have had it on video, but I had to get all Mr. I'm going to jump them. But so now I'm like frozen. Cause I can't go back to where I was with my dad. Cause these birds are out in the open. I'll, they'll expose them. They'll see them. And they keep working. They keep working. They keep working. And now they're like 25 yards from my dad and he doesn't see them. I can tell he's just still looking at me and he's oblivious to the fact that these three teal are within 20, 25 yards of him. They're not in the decoys, but they're off to the side. And so I'm like, he's, I can tell he's looking at me and I'm like trying to point over the teal. I'm pointing, I'm pointing. He's not seeing him. At one point I'm like waving my hand, my hat, get my hat up. I'm waving it. I'm pointing like they're over there. Look at me. They're right there. All he has to do, all he has to do, he can probably, they're all in tight. He can probably swat with three of one shot. Forgive me. You people that are so triggered by water swatting. I'm sure you're probably like, oh, I'm turning that podcast off right now. He said a seven, nine year old dad will swat three teals. How unsporting. I turned you off at 20 minutes. I thought that your content was great until I found out you were a water swatter. <laughs> Get over yourself, man. Get over yourself. <laughs> There's people that do that. Oh, yeah. I was watching the video, loved your content. I saw you water swat. Heaven forbid he broke the golden rule. Thou shall not water swat. <laughs> Good Lord, man. Moses, when he was writing the Ten Commandments, number 11 is thou shall not water swat. Good God. Anyway, so finally, I'm like, I'm just going to have to yell to him because he's just not seeing these birds and they're going to fly off he, something. And so I'm like, there's teal in the decoys. And I hear, what? <laughs> there's teal in the decoys. Stand up and shoot them. What? <laughs> Finally, he got the drift. He stands up. They, they flush. Nothing happens. No gun discharge. Nothing. Somehow the gun had gotten messed up where the shotgun shell. Have you ever had it to where it gets like there's a, a shell in the chamber and then a shell in the breech and it's jammed up in there. Somehow that had happened. So those three. Got away scot-free. <laughs> so I walked back over there and we decided to pick it up and we left. But it was a joyous day. And I, I have not edited this video yet. I've looked at it. I got some spectacular video 
of pelicans document the whole day it's a slow hunt we killed one but i think it's worth your your watch freelance duck hunting youtube channel it's coming out monday you're listening to this on thursday it's coming out monday i think you're gonna like it i'm gonna like it this is one of these videos i'm gonna be watching in 10 years because it's i'm going to enjoy this video so that ended up the day. Let me, uh, before we get into um, more of these numbers, I do need to go over our partners. Um, I'm in love with teal decoys. I want my teal decoys to look like fall plume teal. And you know who offers those? Final Approach, fabrand.com. All of your waterfowl needs pretty much are at Final Approach. They've revamped everything from the past. It's not the Final Approach at all that, that your dad used to know about. It's a different deal. fabrand.com. 10% off is FDH10. Also, if you're looking for a duck call, you can find that at Ducklander Calls, Bobby Hayes' organization, some of the best calls there are. I can promise you he puts every bit of thought, energy, and effort into every single call that he makes and tunes himself. You've heard him on the podcast. He's every bit as good as, good at making calls as he, as he is of talking on this podcast. Product code there is NAW. 23 for 10% off and Onyx Hunt, Onyx Maps. I'm always not sure. It's like, do they want me to call them Onyx Hunt? Do they want me to call them Onyx Maps? I don't know. Download it. Get it in your hunting life. Promise you won't forget. I don't have a product code on that one. So um, I'm going to tell you my stats. And we're going to take a quick break. Then I'll bring you back and tell you um, Outdoor Limits, Hyperate Sportsman, Duck on Chronicles, I'll go over their numbers. Then we'll do comment of the week, and then we'll bring Woody on here for the segment you've all been waiting for. So my numbers over the teal season are looking at it on the NorthAmericanWaterfowl.com. Used to be Freelance Sun Stats. I changed the name because it's just a cooler name. And I love what it signifies. I love what it signifies. Okay, my personal stats. So I went on seven hunts, harvested 29 birds. That's an harvested per hunt of 4.1 birds per hunt. Shots fired per hunt, 7.2. I lost zero, which makes me very pleased. Doubled three times. I shot 51 shells during teal season. And it ended up being 26 blue wing teal and three green wing teal. Now, I do to keep my shooting percentage. And one thing I keep telling people, keeping your shooting percentage on the app is absolutely optional. I have it programmed into there to where if you don't keep your shooting percentage and you never, like, you don't have to count how many shells you shot. If you don't put down a number of shots fired, then it just blanks it out at zero, but it's saved. So if you report that stat on two hunts this year, it'll only show your shooting percentage for those two hunts. So it's an, it's something, it's just overwhelming for a lot of people to keep track of how many shots they fired, which I understand. So that is an optional statistic. I've had people say, well, I don't use that because I don't, I don't want, I don't use your app because I don't want to keep track of the number of shots I fired. You don't have to. That's absolutely optional. There's guys in the Flyways Collective that don't keep that stat. So just don't put it in there. But so that are, that's my numbers for this year. I'm really, really happy with that. I really am. Um, I thought it was a good number. So I'm going to come back and I'm going to go over my buddy's numbers. Then we're going to do comment of the week. Then Woody, but let's take a quick break. This song I'm going to play for you real quick. I am not huge Pink Floyd fan. There are some Pink Floyd songs that I really, really like. And this is one of them. It's Mother by Pink Floyd. Mother, do you think they'll drop the bomb? Mother, 
brother, do you think they'll like this song? Mother, do you think they'll try to break my balls? Thank you for coming back on the break. Let's go over some of the other YouTube guys numbers that you watch. So let's start with high praise sportsman. I'm actually surprised he only got out two more times than me, which normally he gets out a lot more often than me. So Matt has been on nine hunts. He has harvested 35 birds. He's lost zero. He's had seven doubles. Wow. Nice job, Matt. He's fired, fired 51 shots. His shooting percentage is a little better than mine. Mine was 56.8, which is really poor for me for teal season. Honestly, I, I did not shoot that well this teal season. Um, and his shooting percentage is 63.6. He's averaging 3.8 birds per hunt, averaging 6.1 birds per hunt. He shot a lot more green wings than I did. He shot 23 blue wings and 12 green wings. And I'll go over the leaderboards for you in a second. So Matt is off to a good start. I think, honestly, for him, I think that during teal season, he honestly averages more than 3.8 birds per hunt. I think that's a low average. He's having water problems out there. And I, I think that that's down for him a little bit. Now, there's nothing wrong with nine hunts and 35 birds. 
for sure. And there's nothing wrong with a 3.8 average. But I think for him, that's down a little bit. Let's move on to Josh from Outdoor Limits. He went on three teal hunts, shot 15. So he averaged five birds per hunt. He did lose two. He's not keeping the shooting percentage. Just like I said, he's not keeping shooting percentage. But I'll tell you what, where Josh is shining this year is doves. And I'll tell you his doves numbers in a second. He has killed so many doves. And if you watch his channel, you've seen those videos with him and Corey. And isn't it awesome if you follow Josh and Outdoor Limits? Isn't it fantastic the um, saga of Cora? If you have watched him from the first days he brought Cora home and watched all of those videos with all those struggles, and man, he has got that dog in the best place right now. What a, what a story of perseverance. Because he could have quit. He ultimately in his life has not been a dog guy. And I am so happy to see Stella, Stella, Cora performing at the level that she is. It's just awesome. And I, I really, really, really hope to get Georgie and Cora together. Joshua, listen, we've got to make that happen. And what a cool video to have Cora and Georgie retrieving together. That's got to happen. That's got to happen this year. And I know that you guys would like to see that. Um, and I would like to see it. We've trained together before. Not a bunch, but once or twice. So uh, let's move on to Jordan, Duck Gun Chronicles. Now, he he has not put his goose hunts in here. So he had four teal hunts for 16 birds, four uh, birds per hunt. He did not keep track of his shooting percentage, five blue wing, 11 green wing. So in all, the Flyweights Collective, myself included, went on 23 teal hunts. 95 birds, 4.13 average, 60% shooting, two lost birds, 10 doubles. Looking pretty, pretty good. So before we jump to the comment of the week, I do want to sort this. So on, on the app, we've got filters. So right now I, I sorted the filters by, I went to show filters, um, sort by dates. You can actually go by season. And I just put the 23, 24 season. And then I went to file by types and locations. And I clicked on waterfowl because I wanted to exclude doves. Uh, which so it only showed waterfowl. Let's switch to dove, dove only. And I want to show you this because this is where, I mean, Josh had three great teal hunts, which I've only seen one of them so far. I don't know he's going to bring out the others, but these are the dove hunts. The Flyways Collective has killed 128 doves. Matt's killed 15 of them in three hunts. High praise sportsman. Uh, Josh has been on 10 dove hunts and he's killed 113 doves. Good grief. Do you think his sunflower field was productive? Do you think he's glad that he went through the whole process of his sunflower field? I think he is. 113 dove killed this year. That's just ridiculous. Jordan and I did not go on any teal hunts. Did Titus? Did Titus go? Or I'm sorry, dove hunt. No, he's not reporting either. Titus isn't reporting anything either. Uh, Mid-Valimers. So if we go to the leaderboards, let's sort the leaderboards by dove. Click filter. And this season, Josh is in first place on the leaderboard with 113 dove. Kyle James is at 60, then 54, 37. Golden Boys at 29. Oh, I didn't go over Golden Boys numbers. Yeah, oh, well, darn, darn, I meant to do that. But Josh is dominating the dove leaderboard. Now let's switch it to teal leaderboard. <coughs> Excuse me. Right now on the 23-24 teal leaderboard, the guy in first is the guy that Jordan hunts with. If you watch Jordan's videos out there in the Mississippi, 
Tim Reynolds, 156. So Teal, you get three points per bird. Dove, you get one point per bird. Uh, Matt is in high price sports and in second with 105. Another one of Jordan's friends from Mississippi flyaway is at 99. And then golden boys at 90 golden actually has more than that. Golden's probably in second place by now. Cause he hasn't reported you. I'm in fifth with 87 points. Let's see. Matt's in, uh, I said that in second Jordan's in 12th with 48 points. Josh is in 13th, 45 points. Again, a teal is three points per bird. Um, let's see. Here, let's go ahead and do a comment of the week and we'll take another quick break. I'm going to hit you with another Pink Floyd song and then we'll do Woody's. So here we go. Let's do comment of the week. It's time for the comment of the week. All right. So this comment of the week, and I told you that I had a bone to pick with the Mississippi Flyway. And here it is. And this was on a video. You have never seen this many teal. It was a war zone out there. And someone says, here, we can't shoot teal until sunrise. And we know during on the Mississippi Flyway, you cannot shoot teal until actual sunrise. On the Central Flyway, and I don't know about the other flyways, I know about the Central, you can shoot them 30 minutes before sunrise. It is time, Mississippi Flyway, to put an end to that. It's time to put an end to that. There is so many hunts that are ruined in the Mississippi flyway by that regulation. I think the regulation is there to make sure that wood ducks, widgeon, whatever else are not killed. Illegal ducks aren't killed. But the problem is, is that you're, you're punishing competent hunters for the practices of incompetent hunters. Because I can tell you the number of illegal birds I've shot during teal season, there was one, but it didn't happen in that 30-minute time frame. So to just blanket that all across the, the Mississippi flyway to impose that just because some people are irresponsible and don't learn how to ID birds, it's just you should not punish all the people that are careful that can go about their business in, in, in the right way and not shoot illegal birds for the people that can't. I don't know what can ha what kind of ground movement needs to happen to get this changed, but it's got to be changed. It needs to be changed. I don't know if Delta can get involved. Do you, I don't. I don't know. But let's start. Let's somehow, if there's a way to start a movement on this, I don't know who could. If it's state by state, I don't know. Start writing letters to your state commission, whoever sets the the regulations in your state. Start writing them letters. I think it can be changed state by state. I don't think it's like an all out Mississippi governing board i don't know but it's got to be changed that's such a foolish regulation and it is taking enjoyment away from so many mississippi flyway hunters especially when you get in the states that don't have that many teal i can't tell you the time the hunts i've heard is like man we would have done really really well but we can't shoot till sunrise so we shot one we we might have all come close to our limit but we shot one come on let's let's make a change for that there, that's there's no reason Get law. There's law enforcement out there. If people shoot illegal birds, give them their fine. But don't penalize all the people out there that are competent and aren't going to shoot illegal birds just because some guys can't identify properly. So let's take care of that. All right. So let's take another quick break. Here is another one I love from Pink Floyd. And then when we come back, we will hear what he's talking about.
All right. So thank you for sticking with me this long. It is time for Woody's Top 5. All right, boys. Let's get this wrapped up so we can get back to hunting. It's Woody's Top 5 Countdown. Woody, back again. How's it going, buddy? Hey, hey, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. You been ghosting anybody lately? <laughs> Not that anybody else knows about. If you start ghosting me... Luckily, you have. I must still be in the in the uh, in, the, in your good graces because you're still in the good. Me. Yeah, you're still in the inner circle. You're all right. <laughs> haven't ghosted me. Haven't tried to drown me in a marsh. We're we're still <laughs> mostly on good terms. <laughs> I don't know. After you hear this list today, you may not may not feel so lucky. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I know. There's I, every now and then I feel like these lists are kind of pointed at me. <laughs> This is a little bit, but not that bad. bad. (laughs) All right. What what do you got for us today? Well, as the hunting season is approaching, I started thinking about things that people might need to do to get prepared. One thing a lot of folks forget about is that you get out in Mother Nature, sometimes she calls on you to make a little sacrifice, if you know what I mean. Right, and uh, right. if you're not prepared to clean yourself up, that can make for a, a messy and uncomfortable and embarrassing hunting trip. And so anyhow, uh, I got the, the five, the top five worst toilet paper substitutes, top five <laughs> worst <laughs> toilet paper. So now there's a lot of good things you can do. You know, you've got paper towels with you, that kind of thing. But uh, this is the top five worst things you could do. And most of these I've had to do at some point, and I'm embarrassed to admit that, but it's the truth. All right, number five is, uh, I think you've got a little experience with this one here. Well, not you, but some of your hunting partners. That's disinfecting wipes with alcohol in them. <laughs> yes. After, after COVID, there's a lot of them around on the shelves right. still. And uh, I know you... Uh, I didn't realize that they were alcohol wipes when I bought them. Luckily, I wasn't the one that ended up using them. <laughs> <laughs> you said, oh, fumbles and golden boy up on that one. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it would have been a funny joke. It was, I didn't realize what had taken place, but uh, gave yeah, them a, they, they, there was quite some burn there. <laughs> gave me the old jalapeno honey. All right. <laughs> That's right. Number four. Number four is underwear. Everybody that. <laughs> Spends any kind of time in the woods has sacrificed a good pair of fruit of the looms to to keep things clean and moving along. <laughs> and uh, I hate to do it, but times get hard. You got to do what you got to do. The, the problem is getting getting them off of your feet. If you don't have your pocket knife or something with you, the acrobatics that has to go on to make all that happen can be a little bit <laughs> yeah. dangerous. You got to. You got to kind of be careful, but the problem with that also is you, it's a one shot kind of deal. You you can't go back to the well more than once. So if you, if your stomach's not feeling good or something, you're going to have to come up with some other alternatives unless you wear lots of pairs of underwear. All right. Number three, number three is leaves. That's a terrible option. I've only had to do this a couple of times, but 
There ain't very many leaves out there in the woods that are very good for wiping your rear end. They just, they, let's put it this way. The, the chance of a blow by or a poke through happening with a handful of leaves is just way higher percentage than I like to deal with. I ain't a gambling man, but I ain't betting on a handful of oak leaves to keep my fingers clean when I go to wipe my rear end. <laughs> and you never know if you're going to get a hold of a handful of poison ivy leaves or oh. poison oak leaves like old oak nuts. Yeah, I, I haven't. I don't know if he's had that flare up again or not. I I kind of hope he has. Uh uh uh. Ain't that that's that's a mistake you don't ever want to make, and you certainly don't want to make <laughs> no. it more than once. Right. All right, number two. Now this one I've I've had to I've had to uh, take advantage of this on a couple different occasions, and well, you know. If you do, you have a hunting wallet that you carry all your hunting license in, or you just keep them in your regular wallet. Yeah, I just keep them in my regular wallet. See, I've always carried a little, uh, one of them little orange ones you get at the sporting goods store, little plastic orange fold-up deals, and you put your hunting license down in there. It kind of helps keep them dry, and then I stick it inside of a Ziploc baggie and poke it in my pocket. Well, as the years have gone by, I just I never take them old hunting licenses out of there. I just always stick a new hunting license in every year when I buy it. And so... There's been some times when I got real desperate and I had to pull out a couple of old 1980s hunt license and sacrifice them to the, the, <laughs> to the pile. <laughs> and uh, right. the problem is now the problem with that is back in the, all the way up to the early two thousands, they used real paper to print those things off on. And, and they were, I wouldn't say that they're, they're no charming but they'd at least kind of do the job. But nowadays, like if you go to Walmart now, they print it off on this slick, slimy paper. That's Ooh, nasty. Well, it ain't worth, it ain't worth nothing. All it does is just smear it around. And so oh. <laughs> that it's not as good an option anymore, but uh, that's terrible. Anyhow, expired hunting licenses. And you definitely don't want to do that. If you got your duck stamp on there, but I wanted to mention, I just saw these, uh, I don't know if you've seen this or not. There's a, I don't know, something in Congress out there in Washington, D.C. They, they, they're voting on, well, anyway, so you don't have to sign your duck stamps anymore. Have you heard about that? No, uh-uh. They've, uh, yeah, I forget what it's called. It's the Preservation of Duck Stamp Art Act or something. Oh, because to, people want to save them. Yeah, people want to save them. And, uh. They don't want to have to write the name across them, but boy, they, they catch you with with your duck stamps, and you ain't rich your name across it. They are gonna put you under the jail. But anyway, they supposed oh, to change that. They don't have nothing to do with wiping your your rear end, though. No. All right, number one, number one is a sock. Now, problem I've with that, that is, I've you, done that. If you have to use one sock, now you you're going home with only one sock, and then what do you do with that one? Unless you just, you know. Unless you save it to use the next time, which most people ain't going to do. Now, no. these several years back now, me and old Lim, hey, we was quite a bit younger. We decided we was going to go squirrel hunting. If if you ever done much squirrel hunting, in the, we always went in September. There's always a lot of dew on the grass in the mornings, and so your feet would get real wet. And, and Lim... He never had the great the, the greatest 
podiatric hygiene anyhow. So his feet would, they got wet, a fungus down there would start to grow them. If his feet got real wet, the fungus would start to grow them down there and he'd, he'd get to itching. So he, oh, Lim always, he had a, he'd always keep it in the truck. He'd have a, a bread sack, a bread bag. He'd have him a, a, a clean pair of socks in there and a clean pair of underwear. I don't know why, but, and, and then he always had a little, uh, had a little Gideon's Bible he'd carry with him in there. And so one morning I got back to the, the truck before Liam, I'd already shot my five squirrels and I got back to the truck and boy, that, my stomach was cramping something awful. I had to go to the bathroom. I went off there in the woods next to the parking lot, took care of things. And then I realized I didn't have nothing in my pockets. I didn't. The pair of underwear I had on, I was a fairly young man at the time and, and newly married. And I couldn't bear the thought of wasting a good pair of underwear and having to explain to my wife why I'd sacrificed a pair of underwear in the woods. And so I hobbled back over to the truck. There was old Lim's bread sack with the socks and underwear and the, the Gideon's Bible. I had to make a decision, Elliot, and it wasn't real easy. I, I thought. Do I use Lim's socks or do I use his underwear or do I tear some pages out of the word of the Lord? I don't think and I'd do that. <laughs> it, it was tough. It was a tough decision to make because old Lim ain't never had a lot of money. And so I, I was thinking, boy, I don't, I hate to use one of his socks and boy probably only had three pairs of underwear at any one time in his life. I hate to, use up one of them but there's just something sacrilegious about tearing out the book of proverbs to wipe my honey with <laughs> right, right. i went ahead and took one of Lim's socks out of there and i i was so embarrassed about it i didn't want to tell him about it right then so i just stuffed it all back down in the bag headed over there and cleaned myself up and covered that sock up with some leaves <laughs> about 30 minutes later Old Lim come up the trail, did his little routine, threw his stuff in the back of the truck, slipped them ugly old tennis shoes off he had on, and pulled them nasty wet socks off he had on his feet. Oh, it was an ugly sight, Ellie, I'm telling you. If you ain't that, well, if you, if you want to see an ugly set of feet, Lim Parsons has got about as ugly as they are. They, <laughs> oh, they look like a week of bad weather. Anyhow, <laughs> He said, well, there's one thing I like about squirrel hunting. That's getting back to the truck, putting on a nice dry pair of socks. <laughs> I said, well, that's good, Lim. I said, I'm glad you got something to look forward to. He got in that bag, got his Bible out, pulled them underwear out, reached in there, pulled one sock out, felt around in the bag and looked down in it. He said, oh, that's funny. I thought I had two socks in there. I said, boy, that is kind of funny, Lim. You're pretty good about making sure you got both your socks. He said, hmm, well, I don't know what happened to the other one. I said, well, I don't have a clue either. <laughs> it took me <laughs> 10 years, Elliot. It took me 10 years to admit to that boy that I used one of his socks to wipe my rear end. So now every year at Christmas, I buy him a, <laughs> every year at Christmas, I buy him a big bag full of socks with about 16 <laughs> or 18 pairs of socks in there. Just to, That's great. Well, quite frankly, it's because, 
he's pretty hard on them with his toes, the shape that they are. But, but <laughs> anyhow, I always buy him some socks. This is a kind of a memento to that day that I put one of his to the unholiest of uses. Right. That's your top five though. Worst things you could use. I'm sure you'd probably come up with worse, but yeah, those are pretty bad. I, I gotta say I've used a few socks in my day, but I try to keep, I'm not very good at it, but I think keeping those baby wipes in your bag is a really good plan. It is. Now I'll tell you, look, I found out a couple of years ago, I, as I'm getting older, I find that I get, I just get cold and I don't like it anymore. And I've suffered through, you know, frozen toes and frostbite on my fingers and ears and everything. But these days, I, I don't have to do that to hunt. So I go to the store and I buy them hot hand steels and you shake up, put in your pockets. Well, I figured out I have a little pouch in my backpack that I keep my baby wipes in. So if I'm going to go out on a day when it's real cold, I'll shake up one of them hot hands and throw it down in the pouch with my baby wipes. And so when I have to go to the bathroom, I got nice, warm, heated oh, wipes. Oh, there you go. Makes there the experience, you go. Makes the experience a lot more pleasant. I bet it does. <laughs> I bet it does. Ain't nothing wrong with being pampered now and then, you know? No, you got to take care of yourself there. You got to take care of yourself. <laughs> well, that's right, your top well, five. I appreciate you coming around, and I will see you again in a couple weeks. Thank you for being right. with us. Until next time, guys, that's been another episode of Woody's Top 5. All right. Hope that you enjoyed that segment with old Woody. And don't forget, go and download that app, thenorthamericanwaterfowler.com, or in iOS and Android, just look up North American Waterfowler. Download that app. You can try a seven-day free trial. If you don't like it, cancel the trial and move about your business. If you do like it, stick around. I think it'll bring enjoyment to you. If you're a numbers guy and you like that, do it. If you don't like number track, uh, number keeping, and you think somehow that takes away from the way you do, do sports, then please don't do it. Let's keep a community that is less judgmental towards each other. Let's keep a community that with less infighting and come together because ultimately we're all chasing the same goal. The core of who we are is basically the same. We are all North American waterfowlers. And let's grow this community in a more positive way. Until next time. You've listened to another episode of the North American Waterfowler Podcast.